Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. So this morning we're continuing with our series, or we're concluding our series on relationships called What's Your Status? And uh, it's been so awesome to see God doing such a deep work in our hearts and in our lives. And uh, the first week we spoke about marriage and the fact that marriage is God's design, amen? Marriage is God's design. Marriage is between a man and a woman. And marriage is a covenant that has two parts, words and sexuality, amen? Without either one of them, not words, vows. Vows and sexuality, usually there's a lot of words. (laughs) Some brothers are wordy. Um, vows and sexuality together, marriage. And we spoke about that. The, the messages are online. You can just Google and say Every Nation Dorado and you'll find the messages there. The second week we spoke about being in a relationship and the point there was that you need to start with the end in mind. This was what Philip was doing. Start with the end in mind. I think Jojo showed him a dance move. And so... The importance of that doesn't get restricted to relationships, but you got to start with the end in mind with everything that you do. And we said that God is the same. He calls those things which are not as though they are. He knows the end from the beginning. And then the next week we spoke about singleness. And we spoke about how Jesus redeemed singleness. Uh huh. And the Jewish community had this idea that if you're single, you're cursed. And that was because of the the mandate that God gave for us to multiply and be fruitful and all of that. But then the Messiah comes along and he's supposed to be the manifestation of everything that's good and great and perfect according to the law. And he comes as a single guy. And everyone that's single can now stand up and say, Amen. Amen. Right? There's no shame in being single. There's no curse in being single. And there are those who are single for a very specific purpose. Amen. And so today we're dealing with it's complicated. Mm. I haven't before had that status on my Facebook page, but I've seen it before. And it always raises a lot of question marks. It's complicated means that I don't have all the answers. It's complicated means that I think we like each other, but I couldn't hear nicely when the guy was asking me. (laughs) And I didn't want to say, please repeat, repeat again. So I'm not sure whether we are together or not. It's complicated means that we are seeing more than one person, you know. It's a bit of an open relationship because we're not married yet. It's complicated means that we, we are in probation. We need to first see if, if, if this, this, this foot that you're putting forward is going to, to fit on the shoe. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> huh? They taught you this in pre-primary, Cinderella and stuff. Amen? And so the complications in relationships tend to draw us to a place of great insecurity, great doubt. And many times it puts us in a place where we fail to commit and move into the things that God has for us. So you're in a state of limbo, almost a no, no man's land, where no one is making a move, 
nothing is happening. And this message, once again, seems to want to tend towards those who are single. But I can tell you that there are complications in marriage as well. And we'll go through the message this morning and you'll realize that in marriage it can also get complicated. And the angle that we're going to take this morning is specifically touching very much on the sexuality element of relationships and marriages. How many of you know that when you add some spice, it complicates the situation? Hmm. All right, let's pray. <laughs> Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you that you are present in our midst, Lord. And you have sent your word to restore and to build up, Lord, and to transform lives, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord, for those who are right now in the midst of complications, in the midst of an ungodly relationship, Lord God, in the midst of, of picking up the pieces of regret, Lord. We thank you that this morning they will be restored through your word. Lord, you said in your word, you sent your word and you healed them and delivered them of all their oppression, Lord. And we thank you for that this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The word of God says in 1 Corinthians Chapter 14, verse 33. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. So if there's complications, it is not from God. God is a God of order. He's a God of peace and not an author of confusion. Not an author of confusion. 2 Corinthians 11 Verse 3 says, But I fear lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Another, another scripture says, another version says, So your minds will be drawn away from the simplicity that is in Christ. In fact, Jesus said it this way, let the children come unto me, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Unless you become as one of these, you will not enter the kingdom of God. Why? Because the kingdom of God is simple. It is simple. And many times we have complicated it, no? And sometimes the enemy is sponsoring the complication of the word of God, because when it's complicated, you lack application. You cannot apply something that you do not understand, that you find complicated, and therefore, it keeps you outside of the favor and grace and blessing that is made available because the only way that you can experience the goodness and grace that Jesus made available by dying on the cross and raising from the dead is by taking actions consistent with his word. Tell your neighbor, make a move. Revolution. We live in times today where we believe, no, it's just a development of my heart. It's just my emotions. I just feel the way that I do. My mentality concerning relationships, marriage, sexuality comes from just me. I am just one of those people that have evolved into that state where I understand a little bit further and better what God, no, what, what, what life is all about and, and how it actually works, blah, 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 blah. But I tell you that who you are today is a factor of the influences that have entered your life. Amen? No man is an island and we are like a garden 
and we become a manifestation of the seeds that are sown, there goes another miracle. <laughs> there's, there's a message online concerning that miracle. We have to say these things because the testimony of Jesus releases a repetition of that. Amen. All right, where was I? And so you might think that, no, the way that I am is just based on my emotions. No, where you are at and the way that you feel about life today is a manifestation of the influences that have had access into your mind and heart. It is not because, oh, I just feel this way. No. We are a manifestation of what has entered in through the gates of our eyes, our ears, and, yeah, and have lodged themselves in our minds, and they become mindsets and strongholds. And if we get into a place of influence in our societies, that begins to be the propaganda that we propagate throughout our society. And so society comes up with all these progressive and liberal ideas and, 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 and perspectives, but it's actually because somebody got influenced by someone who, who got a place of influence and they began to promulgate laws, they began to, to popularize certain ideas through their platforms, and now that has become the... the, the the, the, the national consciousness, consciousness of a certain idea. And you might not want to have felt that way from the start, but you have no choice concerning the way you feel. You only have a choice concerning the access that you give. So we're in a place now where the revolution has been televised. In fact, it has gone to the extent where it is propagated through your MTVs. How many of you, you've watched MTV before? Don't worry, don't worry. It must have been years ago before you were saved. Right? Oh, now it's, what is it? Trace? Cube? Whatever. Huh? YouTube? And most of us have a smartphone. So the propaganda is coming through. And you might think, no, I feel today, I feel the way I do just because it's not a good day. Mm -mm. It is a manifestation of the ideas that have lodged themselves in your heart and mind. Revolution. So in the United States, and I speak about this, the United States is one of the most influential cultures around the world. One, because they've endorsed their culture because of their democracy. And then on the other side, they have brought us Hollywood. Now we have Bollywood, Nollywood, and others. Huh? Nollywood. <laughs> right? They brought us Hollywood. We've been watching their movies since the time that we were born, especially for this generation and the previous one. Right? So the culture is influenced not by the philosophical debates that are had in the classroom. The, there, you will put together the constructs of how you wanted to influence the outcome. That will be done by the PhDs. After you have that, then you take it to the artist. And the artist is going to put it in language that is going to be acceptable by the subconscious of an entire society or generation. Through a music and, and, and poetry and art. Right? And then, once you have that, your child will see it, and that child will bring the conversation to the dinner table. 
stage three. And at that place, if you are not able to give a good answer to that child, they will sell and buy, they will buy what came through the artist, which came through the philosopher. It's happening today, you might not have known it. So, the Vietnam War in the USA causes this revolution in, among the young people. Muhammad Ali decides he's not going to go. I'm the greatest. Huh? Fly like a whatever, sting like a bee, like a butterfly, sting like I'm the greatest. Right? And he decides he's going to rebel against service to go and fight the war. During the same time, the Beatles are coming over from the UK between 1960 and 1980, and they're coming over from the UK bringing certain songs, popularizing rock and roll, and many of them opening the door to Eastern pagan religions. Remember that message, imagine all God's people, yeah? And then on the back of that, you've got all, all this rebellion getting stirred up against the man or against the machine, right? And so in 1960, between 1960 and 1980, you have what they call the sexual revolution. Also known as a time of sexual liberation, it was a social movement that challenged traditional codes of behavior related to sexuality and interpersonal relationships throughout the United States and subsequently the wider world between 1960 and 1980. Sexual liberation included the increased acceptance of sex outside of traditional heterosexual monogamous relationships, meaning marriage, and then the normalization of contraception and the pill, public nudity, pornography, premarital sex, homosexuality, masturbation, alternative forms of sexuality, and the legalization of abortion followed. It was a revolution on the back of a rebellion. And the rebellion was against the family. The rebellion was against God. No, I just want to be free. No, I just want to break out from the boxes that mom and dad and society and the machine and man have placed on me. And so you end up having a lot of young people coming out of this place under the free love movement, where it doesn't matter about commitment, what matters is love. And you didn't even see it because there was a redefinition of love. Love no longer met, meant commitment. Love no longer meant sacrifice. Love no longer meant going all the way, growing all together. Love no longer meant children that are protected under marriage. Love meant today I feel on heat and I need somebody to love me. You got all sorts of songs coming through. And it wasn't just through the, the, the rock music that the white people were singing. Yeah? Who's the guy? Uh, Elvis. And those other white guys. Mm -mm. There were other guys who came out with, let's get it on. <laughs> Sexual healing. Yeah? And people, people were seeing that. When it came out, it was abhorrent. Everyone was protesting. 
Now when it plays on the radio, we don't think twice about it. Your little one will be seeing sexual healing. Come on, boy. <laughs> and you are encouraging it because he's got a good voice. You don't understand what he's saying there. And that thing came all the way and redefined that if you have a conservative society that believes in marriage and family, one man, one woman, with children under their hands, it's backwards. It's old. It's something that requires a revolution. It's something to be rebelled against. And so now, you bring it not to the dinner table. Yeah, it's another dinner table, not at home, in the restaurant. Between you and the girl that you like, or the woman that you, that you propose to be with, or the guy that you like. And on that dinner table... All sorts of romantic notions are coming through influence through this. And your approach to relationships and marriage begins to be tainted by this instead of by this. And I tell you, there's a cost. There's a cost to it. Whenever we rebel against God, Death is on the way. And you might say, yeah, but it wasn't the first time that people were, 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 were liberal in terms of their conservative values and all of that. Yeah, you might point to the Roman empires and the Greeks. And you might point to certain African cultures. But the point is, whenever God gives you direction and you decide to throw it out, I tell you that you've thrown out your very heart. It's just a matter of time before the rest of the body collapses. And this morning you have to make a decision. Otherwise, it would be great for you to be here being entertained. Are you not entertained? And so, the objective of Christ is not to entertain you. It's to transform your life. And so all the complications that you have in your life needs to be simplified. Number one, keep it simple. Keep it pure, virgin. Most of us, when they say virgin, all you hear is, yeah, yeah, I know virgin. It is a mojito <laughs> without alcohol. Virgin Airlines. Or we think of the Virgin Mary. That is so impossible. I mean, if God visited me like her, of course I would be a virgin. <laughs> and so, the virtue of chastity, the virtue of chastity has been lost to our society. I'm telling you. When I was in high school, being a virgin was unpopular. I was like, what's wrong with you? Are you okay? No, let me, let me show you how to talk to girls. Then you can escape out of this box. And virginity is meant to prepare for marriage. It's meant to keep you in a way that your marriage is free from complications. Right? Right? And you might be here and you say, yeah, but 
I wasn't a virgin when I got married. And once again, the Lord forgives and he throws it in the sea of forgetfulness. But he does not mean that he endorses that. Just because you didn't do it when, that hap- when you got married doesn't mean that you are the standard. If we have to apply your personal standard to the whole of society, imagine what our nation would be like. A little white lie here, a little bit of corruption here, a little bit of gray area here. But God's plan is for this to be restored. There needs to be a new revolution. I'm telling you that the the propaganda is now in the textbook. (laughs) It's now in the textbook. Just got endorsed, the new uh, sexual, comprehensive sexual education that teaches people in grade four and grade three and grade one about homosexuality and alternative lifestyles. It is here. You will have to have a fight and a debate with a teacher about the values that you want to bring into your family. I'm telling you, the casualty is the family. Doesn't matter how liberal and progressive your ideas may be, it's contrary to the word of God. It's a revolution against heaven. There's only one father of revolutions against heaven. And his days are numbered. So this morning, understand what the word of God says concerning this. Let's go to the scripture. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 13. You say food for the stomach and the stomach for food. God will destroy them both. And the body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. Sexual immorality means everything that is sexual outside of marriage. No, but, but we, we, didn't do, we didn't do the deed. We just did everything else. Sexual immorality is everything outside of sex in marriage. Why do you think that there are so many guys who are not pushing for marriage? They don't need to get married. They are getting it somewhere with some good R&B music playing in the background. <laughs> they are getting it. Where are the men? Why are they not? Because they don't need it. Back in the day, you couldn't find, you couldn't find anything that will get in bed with you without commitment. Today, they will rush into it in order to get your commitment. Redefinition of love. Up is down, down is up. Left is right, and right is wrong. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. Consider that he's talking about your biological body. He's giving you wisdom concerning how this thing will affect your system. It's not just, no, but it will pass. Mm -mm, It will affect your system. There are biological effects to this thing. 
Ephesians 5 verse 3. Among you there must not be even a hint. <laughs> we hope this was in the Old Testament. And we can say, well, <laughs> not even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of, how many kinds? Uh, what is the Greek word in, uh, that, that, that is any there? It means any, any. Not some any, all any. All any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Some of us, we make so many sexual jokes, we entertain so many sexual jokes, and then we wonder why we feel the way we do. The way you feel is not just a symptom of your feelings. It is a manifestation of what you've allowed into your heart and mind. Give us the next one there. First Thessalonians 4, verse 3 to 4. It is, God, it is God's will that you should be sanctified. Sanctified means made special or set apart. That you should avoid sexual immorality. This is God's will. That each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable. Other versions sometimes say each one be able to handle his own vessel, meaning his own spouse, in a way that is holy and honorable. Meaning that if you are not married, there's no handling in this area. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 6, verse 18. Flee! <laughs> Flee! Sexual immorality. All other sins, look at this. A person commits. All other sins a person commits are outside of the body. But whoever sins sexually, sins against their own body. Not their spiritual body, against their own natural body. That's when you begin to see addictions forming. That's when you begin to see dysfunctional things happening in your body in this area. So now you have this baggage of sinning against your body for years and years and years. Then you make a vow to a woman and you get into the marriage bed and your body is doing something from way back. That you're like, stop now. I'm married now. Stop now with these things. And the body is like, no. This is me. Take me as I am. This is how you raised me to be. And Jesus, this is why we do Victory Weekend. At Victory Weekend, you share with someone all this other stuff that you went through. So that God can break these things. Amen? So if, you, if that was your past, don't despair. Jesus is the answer. Amen? So number one, keep it simple, keep it pure, keep it virgin. If you haven't kept it virgin till now, keep it virgin going forward. And I've heard testimony after testimony of people that came to the marriage bed and they had a hymen on their wedding night, which they lost three, four, five years ago during their sinful lifestyle. A hymen is like your virginity. <laughs> Maybe my child shouldn't be in this class. <laughs> okay, so sexual sin causes complications. All right. So that's uh, the singles moving to marriage. Now, let's talk a bit.
to the married people, right? Because this is the, the issue, same as singleness. Many people, the devil pushes you when you're single to get into bed with someone. Get active. Otherwise, your pimples will not go away, <laughs> right? They bring all sorts of propaganda. You will have allergies. You see, you can't eat fish because you are not, right? All sorts of lies. Get active, brother. The Bible even says it's better not to burn, whatever. So the devil pushes you to get sexually active. Before you get married, he pushes you hard to get there. Once you get married, <laughs> and you are like, yes, Lord, I waited. <laughs> and now, five times, six times a day, Lord. <laughs> and it will be with praise and worship before, after. We will pray together everything. And then when you get there, at the top of the house, it says reality check. And this is not right. This is not right. There is power in marital sex. Power. Not just pleasure. Power. Power is ability. Right? Marital sex is designed by God as an integral part of the marriage. It makes many things work out right. Amen? I say not all things because it's not the alpha and omega of marriage. Contrary to how some brothers were hoping I would say. Right? Now the foundation of a good marital bed is covenant. Covenant means I'm with you even if you don't reciprocate to me love. I love you despite yourself. Agape. I sacrifice my own life for you. If you don't have that, you have a horrendous beast in your house, whether it be male or female. <laughs> and they sing about that. Anyway, let me not quote songs here. People are in prison. And so covenant is the foundation for a marriage bed. Covenant. Because if you don't have covenant, that guy will use it as a tool to manipulate and control. Or that girl will use it as a tool to manipulate and control. Sex is not for manipulating and controlling your spouse. It is for, for the fulfillment of your covenant vows. And it is a manifestation of the love of Christ in that marriage. Amen? And I can't deal with so many things. There's so much information you need in knowledge because when you are coming to the marriage bed, don't come ignorant. There's information. So there are marriage courses and talk to the elders and talk to people here that minister in that area. So covenant, important. Then step two is affection. And all the ladies say hallelujah, praise God. <laughs> right? Because for women... Sex is like this. You start with affection and you move to, to the marriage bed. For men, you start with the marriage bed and then they want to hug you the whole day. They need to meet here somehow, halfway here. Amen? So husband... Maybe your wife is very kind. She, she is a woman who keeps her vows. 
But if you are not fulfilling your due regarding affection, then you are not fulfilling your vows. How do you express affection? With what? With your body. No, my body is for sex. That's all. No. Your body is also for affection. So the same way, let's go on. I'll show you now. Okay, 1 Corinthians 7 verse 2. It says, but since sexual immorality is occurring, each man should have sexual relations with his own wife or husband, meaning each wife, and each woman with her own husband. There we go. Number three, the husband should fulfill his marital what? Duty. Not marital preference. Duty. There's something in our law called conjugal rights. Right? They have codified this thing. Many of the, the laws from the Western civilization come from scriptural basis. They are called conjugal rights. In some prisons, if you are married, they will allow you to have marital visits with conjugal rights. <laughs> so that when you leave prison, you are not just out there, but you can come back and say, Let's continue where we were from last week. <laughs> right? Duty. Duty. And it starts with the husband. Husband, fulfill your marital duties to your wife. And likewise, the wife to her husband. Look at this verse 4. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but yields it to her husband in the same way the husband does not have authority over his own body, but yields it to his wife. Now you come in some marriages, if you could be a fly on the wall with a blindfold, you know, just hear people not yielding their bodies as if they have authority over their own bodies. Don't get married then. Why? Because when you got married, you say, I give, to, I give myself to you. All of me. If you don't want to do that, don't do it then. If you don't want to do it tonight, don't do it then. There are eunuchs. There are single people who are set apart. They choose. They know, like Paul said, those who marry will have to deal with certain situations. Tell your neighbor duties. Tell your neighbor you are, if they are married, <laughs> you are or you will be on duty. <laughs> when you are married, you are on duty. You are on call. <laughs> Just an inside joke there, me and my wife. <laughs> okay, 1 Corinthians 7, verse 5. Do not deprive one another except perhaps by agreement, except Perhaps, <laughs> look at the words, perhaps, but don't do it, perhaps, by agreement, and usually you'll have to tell the guy a really good story, or the lady, because sometimes it's the other way around. Our society has said, no, that men have a higher sex drive than women. Eh? No, sometimes the woman has a higher sex drive than the men, nothing wrong. And sometimes, yeah, you need to exercise and eat more omega-3 and all of that, but apart from that, you need to be on duty. Be on duty. So do not deprive one another except perhaps by agreement for a limited time. 
that you may devote yourselves to prayer, but then come together again so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. It is warfare. They always say, let's make love, not war. No, let's make war. <laughs> right? Why? Because when you are dealing well in the marriage bed, the enemy does not find a gap where he can bring some other lady who is very sympathetic. Hi, brother. How are you? Where are but she's a wolf in sheep's clothing. Watch out. Watch out for that perfume. <laughs> Number three. So we understand. When you're single, stay out of it completely, as far as you can. Okay? Because when it starts, then things will really happen. When you are married, stay in it as much as you can. All right? Because if you stop, the enemy will come and lurk. Okay? Uh, let me just say this. Please, if you are in a long-distance marriage, please, we need to stop that. Okay? Oh, I don't have time for this. But get discipled, get in a connect, get some, some walking with people. Long distance marriage, four years away. Wife here, husband here. Recipe for disaster. Okay, number three. Sorry, I'm going a few minutes over time. If you'll in indulge me, and I know that we've got a situation with parking, but I'll move along. So godly relationships are si simple. And this is a, 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 a caricature here from Moses receiving receiving the Ten Commandments, and he tells the people, so that's the first ten. Who's up for the next 603? And the people of Israel had 613 laws to fulfill. How many of you would get complicated by that situation? You can't put wool and, and, and linen together on the same clothing and all. So many laws. But then Jesus gets asked by the Pharisees, all these complicated laws, which ones are the most important? And he says this to them. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two depend the whole law and the prophets. So God's heart is about love. That's what makes it uncomplicated. Amen? So as we conclude this series... The first question is, where are you in your relationship with God? Because if you don't know how to love God, you can't love people. And you can't love a spouse the way that God loves you. Secondly, where are you concerning your love for others? There are different kinds of loves. We spoke about that. And the importance of realizing the season that you're in and restraining yourself for the sake of love. If you really love that girl, stay away from the bed with her. If you really love that guy, keep your hands away below his belt. But we don't really love them. We love ourselves. And they are coming to be a sacrifice at the altar of my temple. And I pray that we will start a revolution today where we will push for purity, where we will push for virginity, where we will restore innocence. When people are singing all sorts of sexual songs and you don't know, feel good. Amen? Unless it's between your husband and wife or whatever. Amen? Amen? I really want to encourage you 
it's been a short time. I really might have opened a couple of things. If you're married, you need counseling in this area. Your husband has been depriving you because of all sorts of arguments. It's ungodly. Come to us. We need to counsel you. If you're single, you're stuck in an addiction and a cycle of immorality. Come to us. We'll help you out of it. Amen? The Word of God says that the Son of Man was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. Amen? To destroy them. And you will feel free and you will feel pure and purity is happiness. Amen? Both in marriage and in singleness. Let us stand. So I, I, I don't want to close the service. Is there anyone here this morning? You might have been in church and you're looking around, but God really is speaking to you about making your heart right with Him. You're not born again. You don't have a relationship that's alive with Jesus. And today you want to take a step and say, I want to make my life right with Jesus Christ. I want to make my life right with God. If there's somebody like that, we'd like to pray with you. So if, if that's you, we don't have much time, just raise your hand and we want to pray for you. You want to give your life to Christ this morning? You haven't done it before, but you really hear the voice of the Holy Spirit tugging on your heart this morning. Is there anybody like that this morning? You want to make a commitment to Christ first and foremost. Is there anybody like that? Just raise your hand. I need to see you. We're going to pray for you. So for the sake of time, I'm going to move along. But please come and see us. We always have people coming after the service. And so we want to minister to you. Amen. If you're in a place where you're really trusting God for a new level of purity in your heart and in your mind and in your life, I want you to raise your hands to the Lord in this time. No one looking around. Uh, that God will begin to just touch you where you are. Maybe you're not living a lifestyle, but you're always in the cycle of temptation, and you just can't break free out of it. And God is just restoring innocence this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for every hand that is getting raised, Lord God, every heart that is saying, Lord, I need your help in this area. Come and transform. Come and uncomplicate my heart and my life, my body. Father, I pray for those who are struggling with addictions, Lord. I pray right now that in your presence it will be broken, that it be broken now in Jesus' name, that they will no longer have the same desires, Father God. I pray, Lord God, that right now, Father, that sensitivity in their conscience gets restored right now in Jesus' name. I pray that you touch people throughout this place, Lord, and throughout this week, Lord, as we go out. Father, I pray for marriages, Lord, who are struggling in the area of the bedroom, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus, Father, that every enemy that has assaulted their life, Lord God, every weapon formed against them, Lord, that it will be reversed right now in Jesus' name. I pray for humility, Lord. I pray for sacrificial love. I pray, Lord, that you will restore them in this area, Lord God. Where there's abuse, Lord, in these relationships, I pray, Lord God, that you expose the lie, Father God, and to establish truth and love, Lord God, in these relationships. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And all God's children say, Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.